Hi, this is Vanessa Taholka, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Bite Into It, a weekly radio show exploring tech news, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website or Bite Into It's Facebook or Twitter accounts. Welcome to Bite Into It. Tonight, behind the panel, it's me, Dan Morganti, and joining me, of course, as always, is Maze Wallen. How are you doing, Maze? I'm doing well. How are you? Very well, thank you. And joining us as well is Lily Ryan um, for the first uh, her first foray into the video games bite into it episode. How are you doing, Lily? Yeah, I'm really, really happy to be here. So keen to discuss all the cool stuff happening this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yay. It's a it's a big week for video games, actually, because um, this week. We're chatting everything Melbourne International Games Week. Uh, we'll be exploring a bunch of Aussie games involved in the MIGWA Games Showcase on Steam, as well as chatting to the team behind the Australian Game Developer Award nominated Webbed, which um, is a nice little uh, spider swinging adventure, um, which you will d- uh, be remiss not to pick up yourselves. Um, yeah, and the actors are on right now. So maybe by the end of the show, we'll know what awards they did and didn't win. Yeah, I'm <laughs> guessing all of them because it's a delightful game. Um, it is. Yeah. Uh, before we continue, we'll uh, hear some news. Uh, what's happening in China, Maze? Well, we... <sighs> We covered the first piece of Chinese news on the same games show last month where China had limited um, the times that kids could play games to mm. um, a couple of hours after school during the week and then only on Saturdays and Sundays. They then limited it even further to only on the weekend um, and now they've updated, um, they've patched in <laughs> another little tweak to this law um, concerning the actual content of games. So some of the things that stand out are around um, genders. So you can't have, quote, effeminate men in the games, um, along with a couple of other things that do align to um, particular political views. Um, so... So far, I haven't seen any news around particular games that have had to rapidly change things. Um, I think that people, that developers and studios are given a little bit of time on this one, while on the um, law around hours, servers for, for a lot of games went down straight away and had to do a lot of fixing. So we'll see how that goes. Um but, yeah, it's something that that government can do. It's crazy to think that there's a panel of 10 Chinese bureaucrats sitting around uh, debating whether or not uh, a male character is too effeminate or it's um, it'd be laughable if it wasn't so terrible, really. Yeah, and, you know... Um, another quote, some games have blurred moral boundaries. Players can choose between either good or evil, but we don't think that games should give players this choice. This must be altered. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Um, you're just telling people what they can and can't have in their games on this kind of like huge scale. Um, you know, what's also kind of interesting to me is that these aren't put behind ratings, which a lot of other countries um, would do, you know, if it's something that's a bit um, not 
not kosher for that country, they would put it behind an R rating or something. Um, and, you know, it's kind of interesting how countries see different values. Like, you know, in Australia, smoking is behind an R rating, but um, certain amounts of nudity isn't. While in Germany, it's different. You know, they have other things behind the R ratings. Mm. Um, but smoking's, you know, that's that's fine. Um, so, yeah, interesting. I guess for Victoria, you know, when my career started, um, around 10 years ago where we weren't getting a lot of funding, it was like, well, you know, when our funding is attached to the government, they can ask for things, um, you know, and that hasn't really been the case. But here, yeah, it's just all games, all games that people in China can play. So, yeah. yeah. And that moral grey zone, like you can't choose good or bad, um, eliminating that from games, that's like possibly one of the most fundamental uh, aspects of game design that you know can't be can't be experienced through any other medium really. Like mm, it's of um, a lot of games, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. That's um, they're almost eliminating every video game ever, like with all these ridiculous rules. And yeah, I don't, I don't see how uh, they can um, yeah have a thriving video game scene at all anymore. Well, you know. I guess they probably can though, right? Like making homegrown games instead. You know, there's Genshin Impact. Well, maybe everyone should just play Genshin Impact. Yeah. Everyone. <laughs> I'm just kind of impressed that they can lock down the games to, you know, an hour per day over the weekend. And it's the same mm. hour per day for everyone in the entire country. Like th- that server load has got to be incredible. Yeah. Yeah, to suddenly come on and then suddenly go off. And I wonder if yeah. it has like a, a countdown warning. You have one minute left to play your game. If you're like, if you're in the middle of a game of League of Legends, you might have to wrap it up quick. So, um, they might just cut it off after that hour or something, hey? Yeah, you're done. Yeah. Well, into a little bit more ridiculous news, not so heartbreaking. Um, Chris Pratt has been cast as Mario in a new animated ad- uh, adaptation dated for 2022. Um, so there's another live-action Mario movie, or sorry, you know, feature-length Mario movie, I should say. Um, feature-length, yeah. Yeah, with uh, Chris Pratt, uh, you know, handsome Jurassic Park Lego movie Chris Pratt um, as the um, the main character of, you know, video games in general, Mario. Um, this is amazing news for anyone who loves the... Um, when it came out, mid '90s Mario movie. Uh, I I have fond memories of it only because I was a child without any discernible taste um, <laughs> when it originally came out. Um, but to see a, another ad- adaptation is uh, fantastic because Nintendo has been notoriously cagey since that uh, failed attempt with Bob Hodgkins came out. Uh, yeah, over what twenty years ago. Um, so yeah, there's uh, it's a star-studded cast. I've got uh, Charlie Day from um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia as Luigi, Anya Taylor Joy, who's in everything as uh, Peach, and Jack Black pay- playing the voice of Bowser. Now that's a good choice uh, to yeah, play the I voice think, yeah, of Bowser. Yeah, I'm not going to choice. I can that. totally agree with. Yeah, you're right, Lily. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, but the the. The Murray adaptation is being done in partnership with Illumination uh, and was announced back in 2018, but earlier this year Nintendo um, released the names of the um, actors working on it. So looking forward to that one. Even if it's terrible, it's still going to be at least interesting to watch. 
I think there's no way it can not be terrible. Like <laughs> high hopes. Was that? Yeah, it's absolutely going gonna, to be terrible. Jack Black will yeah. carry that whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I it, I couldn't imagine a better Bowser, really. I reckon Anya Taylor Joy as Princess Peach would do pretty well. Like one of the photos that went around, you know, these articles was her in this beautiful pink dress looking like Barbie. And, you know, I reckon that she could do this, but I also kind of want to see Princess Peach as like a badass. Um, And I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the angle they take with that, um, considering how modern movies are going and giving... um, traditionally, you know, two-dimensional female characters uh, a more robust background storyline. So hopefully they, yeah, they exactly. give Princess Peach that treatment. Yeah. And uh, if you use the internet at all, uh, you may have noticed that Facebook had uh, had a little issue yesterday. Um, Lily, you want to tell us yep. how that's uh, affected affected us? Yeah. So, um, yes, you would have you would have noticed Facebook went down and everything Facebook owns went down. Um, Instagram went down. WhatsApp went down. Apparently, the um, the door swipe cards to get into Facebook's office buildings went down and they couldn't get in to fix the problem. Which <laughs> That's was horrifying. A fun, a fun story. Um, but the thing that concerns us most when we're talking about games is that Facebook owns Oculus, and so anyone who has an Oculus Quest or an Oculus Rift VR headset um, had a bit of trouble. Because it went down. Facebook controls that. And while it's becoming more and more obvious that they're doing this, because now if you want to sign up for an Oculus account, you you have to use a Facebook account. You can't get a standalone Oculus account anymore. It's all through Facebook. Um, And Mm. also it means that if you break any of the rules on the gaming platform, or, or if you break any of the rules with your associated Facebook account, or you get suspended for whatever reason, all those games you paid for are gone. So, um, Oh, this wow, was a small, <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you uh, if you change your Facebook name to a a name that they don't think is a real name, uh, and they decide that the real name policy is coming for you, uh, you you lose access to all your uh, your Oculus games. Um, it's almost but... like if you die in Oculus, you kind of do die in real life. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it's a really immersive experience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facebook is just but, um, as terrible in the real world as it is in the Oculus world. <laughs> yeah, but this was I guess um the outage was a small taste for for Oculus users as to what it might be like if that happens because there were a lot of features that couldn't uh couldn't be used any kinds of games that you would use Oculus to log in with anything with a networks component that was no good. If you've got anything that's just running on your console doesn't need a network thing, then you're probably you're a bit more okay. But there was just a lot of stuff that went wrong. Um, so I think that that's a really interesting reminder of just sort of the the way that those connections are woven into the platform. I've got a, an Oculus Quest myself and I really enjoy it, but it was a tense time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure uh, all our listeners were. Uh, part of the experience of Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram and all those um, features going down. It's Melbourne International Games Week. Uh, Yeah. Are you guys excited? Yes. Well, we're halfway through. Yes. It's almost over. Hmm. There's been a there's been a few interesting uh, events on. I think the one that um, I was most interested by, although ineligible. 
to attend was um, the Project Replay, which was an event held for people between age 15 and 24, which is gives them a kit of recycled electronic components uh, where they're taking over a Zoom class on how to assemble their uh, electronic components into a gaming device that they can um, utilize and um, create with. So uh, like oh, stuff like that's amazing. amazing. Um, and also very uh, very audio and soundtrack centric this uh, this Melbourne International Games Week. Yeah, a lot of us have been working behind the scenes um, over the last year and a half. You know, finally being able to be like, look, musicians, the rest of your careers are over right now. You have no choice but to work with us in games. So um, that's been actually really good, <laughs> yeah. selfishly. Um, finally, uh, cool indie music people are coming into indie games. Um, but, yeah, there's been High Score. Tomorrow there's the independent, the Australian Independent Record Label um, Association's Conference Music in Games. Um, there's, you know, we're about to talk about the cool Steam showcase that Creative Victoria have put together um, but there's a whole music section in that on Steam, which is definitely um, a highlight that I don't think anyone expected. So that's really, really nice. Yeah. And it's also, a cool week. Yeah. And also currently going on is the Australian Game Developer Awards. So after yeah, the. Right after the, but don't turn to them. Yeah. The, after the show, uh, go, <laughs> go check them out. Um, yeah. But we were just talking about the uh, Steam International, oh, sorry, the Steam Melbourne International Games Week showcase. Um, what what have we been looking forward to, guys? What what uh, what games have caught our eyes? Well, there's so many free demos up. So how some of it works is that a lot of studios can put demos up of their games that aren't out yet. So little previews. They might do it for playtesting. They might do it just for promo. Um, but it's really cool for us to be like, okay, this week I got to play all of these like 15 minute demos. Um, so I was concentrating on things that aren't out yet. I was like, I want to know what you're doing. Um, completely stretchy and uncomfortably sticky is hilarious. You, um, you, well, you seem to be just an arm, one of those sticky arms that you can throw a really long way away. Um, <laughs> that you get from arcades with like 15 tickets or something like that. Yeah. yeah. You, end up with, you end up with like fuzz all over you at the end of it. That's what happened to the ones I got as a kid. Yeah. I didn't encounter any fuzzy creatures, but there are some creatures in the game. So you kind of navigate around using this kind of Spider-Man type deal where, you know, as you get momentum, you can swing around and everything is these pastel colors but the music is a little bit foreboding and you're like why is the music a little bit foreboding there's these kinds of like low hums and and it's a little bit atonal and then you meet like these people these like weird bloopy blobby friends who have big noses and eyes and necks that twist all the way around um and and they just say like really inane things to you really similar to the humor from another melbourne game that we love um frog detective yes so they say things kind of in that style um anyways hilarious there's a demo um up on steam now that one's completely stretchy and uncomfortably sticky on Steam. And, look, I'm going to tweet out little links to every single game that we um, cover. So, yeah, look for that tweet thread from the Byte Into It account. Mm. Um, Lily, what, what have you been looking at? 
Um, there were a couple here that caught my eye. Um, one of them was Spies and Soldiers, which is this turn-based, procedurally generated strategy game that um, I have absolutely lost myself in a few times. They are, they've got a demo out at the moment as part of this showcase, and they're releasing, I think, early next year. Um, but every time you end up with this kind of procedurally generated map that you have to play against an opponent, you can play locally, you can play online. What I really like about it is um, that all of the names of all of the characters, of all of the battles that you go into, so that they call each game a battle, um, are also procedurally generated. And some of them are unintentionally, or maybe intentionally, I'm not sure, really hilarious. Um, <laughs> so um, one of the... One of the games that was generated for one of the folks in the community the other day was The Vast Awakening of the Devious Stones, which was pretty cool. <laughs> wow. What does that mean? Uh, got, I don't know. It's just like this is this is the name of the battle. Another one was called The Six-Month Campaign, which it, it did turn out to be a really long game. Um, and then, uh, then when you've got your character inside each one of the turns, it could have they, – they also have – procedurally generated names so um one of my favorite ones the character i got one time was called nazgulas the cheese <laughs> um and uh another another person in the community ended up with alan alan oh, great. alan yeah <laughs> no anyway it's um i think that's that's actually like it's a real tangent it's one of the side things that i really enjoy about the game but honestly it's it's because it's turn-based as strategy it's down to your opponent often how how intense the game can be, and I really like that about it. I was also excited to see, um, so that one was Spies and Soldiers, um, so they've got a demo as part of that showcase, and I was also really excited to see that the uh, Necrobarista has released a patch, Necrobarista being like possibly the most Melbourne game I've ever played, <laughs> more of a visual novel, I guess, but, you know, um, this story-driven game about a cafe that caters to the dead down an alleyway in Carlton. Um, and they've released a really big patch to that game as well. It's part of the showcase. Nice. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Dan, what do you be playing? Um, well, I've been playing DAP, which uh, I'll come to in a second, but I'll just like point out that we've a lot of the games in this showcase, we've um, interviewed developers on this show before, so like Mars First Logistics, build crazy aerospace machines to move important terraforming equipment across the surface of Mars, Frog Detective 3, which we just mentioned earlier, more of the hilarious Frog Detective, solve the mystery and enjoy chatting with a colourful cast of anthropomorphic characters, uh, Video World, which is like a, um, a companion to Monster Mansion's um, music and, uh, and absolutely delightful, like Paperbark, an interactive watercolour. It's like a beautiful representation of Australian flora and fauna and you get to play as a wombat. Um, and then we heard uh, a track from Ring of Pain earlier. Uh, I haven't played it, but uh, it's on my wish list and the like the character that they use as their, their mascot for it is like a big-eyed, like creepy cute uh like big bird big bird if you had a cocaine addiction he's got like dinner plate eyes and um, <laughs> oh my god it's very very intense um kind of this owl very scruffy looking owl yeah, person yeah. always looking up behind branches yeah staring at the viewer very intently um yeah. another one that i like to look of is heavenly bodies you're like uh two two player or multiplayer floating in space game where the controls are 
somewhat tricky. So the bumper buttons control gripping and um, other bumper buttons control like moving your legs up and down and uh, you've got to like solve um, problems in space as your uh, space capsule is rapidly decompressing and um, you've got to pull out certain amounts of um, tubing. That one and had like piping. an amazing – so I don't know if you've seen on Steam, but you can actually stream on Steam now, kind of like Twitch. Yes. And that one yeah, had really an cool. amazing live stream um, between the two – two of the main developers, Josh and Alex, um, which was just very, very funny. And they had, they came out of little astronaut heads. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, there's still lots streaming. Um, so if you look at, if you, if you Google this um, MIGW Steam Showcase, um, that page should still come up. It was on the front of Steam, but it hasn't been on the front for the last couple of days, I think. Mm. Um, and then finally, before I uh, talk about DAP, there's another one that I'm really looking forward to, um, which is the Cult of the Lamb. Um, so yes. it's like a, a cult building simulator, I guess. You, you're you uh, an awakened uh, lamb and you've got to basically create a cult in a land of false prophets. Um, it looks very interesting, uh, like a cartoon art style, a little bit like... Uh, it's that um, resource management game that looks like it was done by Tim Burton. Uh, you know, it's um, got a little bit of a Tim Burton thing going on. Um, yeah, but yeah, kind of a creepy, cute vibe. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Which is mm. seems to be a theme because that's uh, kind of how I described DAP as well. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the art style is, like corrupted pixel art or something, I guess. Uh, the game plays a lot like Pikmin. So for those of you who don't know, Pikmin is a game about amassing a large group of little alien helpers that can be directed to help you solve puzzles. Um, DAP is a little bit like that, but you play as DAP yourself. Uh, and there seems to be a complex language that the only word in the language is DAP. So these cute little white glowing characters are called DAPs and all they say is DAP, uh, but they say it in different frequencies and different uh, patterns. And uh, yeah, they're, you control a bunch of little DAPs and move them around the map and threats appear, um, birds and uh, corrupted DAPs. So DAPs with like uh, black core and red fiery outlines that attack you. Um, it's a very atmospheric game. The, I, I cannot praise the art style and the atmosphere enough in it. Um, and the gameplay, the puzzles, they're all um, enjoyable. It's, it plays a little bit like Hyperlight Drifter where you've got um, a dash and a sword swing and a um, few, and like very movement-based. Um, but mm. And uh, you're also kind of journeying from place to place, right? Kind yeah. of exploring these different areas, which is very Hyperlight Drifter. Yeah, and the, the art style kind of is similar to that. It's very... Um, unified and focused in that way um the only issue is i played with a steam controller and this is i think more to do with steam controllers than um developers but uh it wasn't oh. optimized for the game there was one mechanic which i found hard to use with the steam controller just because of the scrolling pad on the right hand side of the steam controller um that's uh an issue that will forever be a part of the steam controller it's uh, there aren't many people developing support for it um and it often uh, causes more issues than it solves. So I think I'm going to get maybe just another third-party controller or a Xbox or PlayStation controller to use with my PC from now on. But other than that, mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, just a bunch of really great uh, Australian games. And um, yeah, everyone should check out the Melbourne Inter- International Games Week um, showcase on Steam. Um, any other last words on uh, games that you'd like to look of, guys? I think like on DAP, you know, it was um, another games journal and also games composer, Megan O'Neill, who was like, Maze, you have to pay attention to this game. Mm. All of the sounds in DAP are spatialized. So even though it is this kind of top-down-ish um, pixel arty game, oh, you can yeah. – every single little DAP um, – their their voices come from where they are on the screen. So, you know, they're panned a little bit left and right and that kind of thing, which means that even when you talk to, like, 20 daps, you know, you say a thing and then 20 daps reply to you, <laughs> um, you know, you still get quite a nice little separation from them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hadn't, and it really, I, yeah, emphasises the exploring around. I, I hadn't noticed that. Until you mention it, like subconsciously, I, I picked up on it. But yeah, you're right. It's um, that's mm. a great like detail to put in the game. Um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, any yeah, yeah, you know all the drips and the mushroom cutting and things that you do. But yeah, I really liked the ties um, between you know pixel art and also like the distortion in the music. Like it gets quite heavy. And to me, I was like, oh, you know, pixel art game. You could do chip tune, or you could do like distorted rock <laughs> yeah independent melbourne radio three triple r webbed is a story of a happy little spider on an adventure to save her boyfriend from a big mean bowerbird explore the dangerous wilderness with nothing but your webs and your wits practice the art of web swinging to speed your way through the world Leave your own unique mark by spinning webs through the interconnected world, stick webs to almost everything, and use them to create your own paths. Making friends with bugs and dancing with them, some bugs could use a little help from a friend. Um, next up, we're talking to the team behind this joyful game um, at Sbug Games. So welcome to the show, Riley and Noah. Hi. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah. Hi. So tell us a little bit about Webbed. Uh, so Webbed is a little indie platformer where you play as a spider whose boyfriend has been captured by a big mean bow bird and you have to make friends with other bugs, spin a bunch of webs and save them from a magical island in the sky. Oh, it's so nice to hear about spiders and bower birds. Is that... Um you know, trying to put in some Australian references, or is that deliberate? Uh, yeah, all of the creatures in the game, yeah, everything in the, every creature in the game is based off a uh, Australian species, except, like, the boyfriend is a mix of two spider species, and the player character is kind of, uh, in general, jumping spider, not... It, it's a fictional, it's a fictional yeah. uh, species of peacock spider but like peacock spiders in general are australian we just made up a, a <laughs> one that shoots lasers, that shoots lasers from <laughs> so, so how, much did you, how much did you know about spiders beforehand or did you learn a lot about spiders to make um, your own hybrid one while you're making I, the game i learned a fair bit about spiders not specific species but just more about like how do spiders work uh for a different game that i was making called a mess of legs we control a spider with a bunch of friends 
a single spider. It's, it's weird. It's a mess. Oh, amazing. <laughs> the name. It's a great um, game. <laughs> but uh, after starting Webbed, I really, like, after joining on for Webbed, I started to, like, really get into, like, specific species and, like, uh, you know, I would just go into my backyard and be like, that's that kind of spider. That's that kind of spider. A bit like bird spotting, but spiders. Wow, um, is that dangerous? watching. Not at all, because <laughs> most of the spiders in your backyard won't hurt you, and the ones that will, you won't be able to find easy. Uh, Amazing. Maybe redbacks. Stay away from redbacks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're not up here, yeah. So. We have oh. some redbacks around Do here. Uh, yeah. There's some, but like, not many. They're hard to find. My mum once left a car in the backyard for like a couple of years and it was completely infested with, <laughs> with oh. redbacks. Oh. Don't hop into that car. Yeah. <laughs> well, or don't climb into the engine bay of that car, I think. Yes. Pretty cool looking, but, you know, appreciate them from a distance kind of. Absolutely. Kind of most, thing. Yeah. most spiders don't, yeah. <laughs> don't bother them, but you can look. Yeah. I guess that's um, a good way into, good segue into like you're in Brisbane and how what's the industry like up in brisbane how did you meet together uh so we met at a local uh creative things meetup it's not really a game dev meetup specifically but it's uh called squiggly river uh it yeah it's just a group of lovely people making uh playful creative projects a lot of games and uh yeah and that's that's where Nora and I met. Yeah, uh, we so we met there, but we've also like uh, we also grew like we we met there, but we really like became friends over 2019's Melbourne International Games Week. Yeah, it was it's oh, much easier to meet link. people from Brisbane in yes, Melbourne. Surprisingly, yeah, that's, that's where I met <laughs> yeah. most of the people I know from the local I've games absolutely people. had that experience before oh there's no other devs in perth um well actually they're all here um yeah yeah so what's so your did you, um oh sorry go oh, nice. did you did you dive straight into um making the spider game together or did you make anything else together first this, this is our first project, project together. together yeah yeah uh which riley had started as a prototype far before i joined on it was like October 2019. It was a couple of months that I was uh, working on a part-time. It feels like so long, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so I brought uh, this little prototype of just the basically the early stages of the player controller where you just uh, can weave some webs and shoot some lasers in just like a simple uh, sandbox. Uh, and I brought that along to Squiggly River meetups a couple of times and it, people seem to like it a lot more than the game that I was trying to actually make as a <laughs> full-time project and and uh noah was like i need to make levels for this and here are like three mechanics you need to implement so that you can make like interesting platformer levels out of it and i was like oh that's great some actual like game design in here so it's not <laughs> just a, a, a sandbox um so that's that's about when noah joined the project and, yeah yeah yeah. What's your um what's your both individual like uh paths in making video games? Where did you where did you start? So uh, I yeah. started just as like a hobby trying to do something that has more of a creative outlet um than cuz I I started as a programmer um doing like web design stuff uh but I don't find that very interesting when it's not like super like creative fun stuff. So I was yeah. doing that like uh just 
in my spare time for a while and uh, just slowly did more of that until I could make it an actual job. Yeah, uh, I uh, completely differently. I studied game design in university, uh, which was a goal that I had basically after like grade 10 or something because we had a little games programming class for like half a term or something in that. And so I was like, I did that and I really enjoyed it. And I was like, I want to do that. And then stumbled my way uh, up until, you know, here, I guess. Of just, it's the first thing that I wanted to do. And it is still working, thankfully. <laughs> I, I think talking to uh, as many developers as we do on the show, it's, it's um, re- like a really positive outcome is that people come from a whole bunch of different backgrounds, like, um riley you said you were doing web development it was just something that you were doing you didn't actually have the like the formal training of course you had computer skills and programming skills but you know it's it's great to hear that everyone can come from basically like formal education or you know just hobbyists and um you know can actually make a career out of i love hearing that kind of stuff um but yeah onto the game i think uh my favorite review of the game so far is uh you can ride a giant ball of insect feces 10 out of 10 um that's <laughs> a steam review that uh, someone loves so it's, um, it's not insect feces the dung- insects have collected the feces yeah, it's dung beetles like dung beetles i guess it's theirs now yeah <laughs> <laughs> they own it well um yeah, uh, who owns the feces aside? Uh, what, what, like, what are some other but things yeah, you can do? You can in do that. Web? It is a great moment, and you have to. You need it to fuel your airship to make it to the bar in the sky because it's mm. you know, most oh, energy beautiful fuel. That sounds amazing. Um, so the game's been out for about a month now, right? Oh, almost. Yeah, coming on. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> yeah, very soon. Yeah, very soon. How to has be a it month. been? How has it been? It's blown us away like mm-hmm. absolutely just shocked by the reception to it honestly yeah. it was quite a hotly anticipated game i mean if you're in the kind of australian dev community it's been a game that you know we've been looking forward to for quite a while um and uh, so has that were you expecting it basically i mean this was our first like real commercial project so yeah. i just didn't really know what to expect like i i've been looking at you know wish list numbers and everything and being like oh yeah we'll, we'll probably do all right but like i just yeah no idea amazing um, have you looked at any like demographics demographic data or is it is it mostly australian it's it's not mostly australian but it is like a significant amount of australians have picked it up like i think we've done better in australia than anywhere else yeah, but it's right. still always right. mostly Americans who buy video games, it seems. Of course. Uh, just just yeah. numbers. They've just got more people, right? So Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, what are, so, what are some of the, uh, like, uh, other than slinging webs, what are some other activities you can get up to? What are some of the... Um, you can, can yeah, solve break down. puzzles. Yeah. You can catch flies with <laughs> webs, uh, or you can shoot the flies, I guess, with the lasers. Um, yeah. One of the main, like, unique mechanics in web, or the main unique mechanic is, like, building webs. So you string a web between places and then you can attach webs to other webs and basically build your own paths through levels, which presents an interesting, like, level design challenge, but it's also just, like, a really great way for 
players to be able to like play in whatever way they want. And mm. yeah, absolutely. What what's some of the kind of thinking behind their level design? What were some of the key things that are different now that you can shoot webs and and are a spider? Um, there's there's really Im- interesting implications around what spaces you can touch, what spaces you can't touch, like spikes versus ground or ground versus spikes, if I say it the right way around. Um, and uh, things that you can attach webs to and things that you can't and how those cross over, like things that you can walk on and attach webs to. Uh, I don't think we have anything that you can attach webs to but can't walk on. <laughs> I didn't think about that really, but it, that would be weird. They're hard to communicate. <laughs> Uh, but there's things that you can walk on, but you can't attach webs to, uh, and there's holes. And so all of that shape spaces that encourage you to swing through an area or to build a web here that might catch a fly because flies keep coming past. And I just can't catch them when I'm, when they're here. So I'm just going to put a web and wait as it comes. It's, oh, uh, some, very different, sensors. very different things to think about than in traditional yeah. platform of design where you're just thinking about where to place ground and where the place enemies Mm. how far someone can jump usually yeah 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 because like in web you can pretty much fling yourself as far as you'd like uh, (laughs) if you were doing it right um so having gaps is more about what you can see and what you can grab onto in rain like what you can see that you can grab onto less about like i know i can jump this high it's i know i can reach that far Mm. so um just thinking about like all of the Australian animals um, content and sounds, have have you gotten any comments? Often, um, I myself get comments around just Americans not really understanding the weird ass sounds that our animals make. Um, have you <laughs> gotten anything around like that kind of thing? How did you approach the sound to the game? I don't think we've had anyone say it's strange sounds but we have uh, one one thing i've been really happy about is like a lot of australians hearing just like the background noises of the forest being mm. which is all native australian birds specifically it's like it's forest that was recorded quite near where we live um, beautiful and just australians going hey this actually makes me feel a little bit like i'm just in the bush and like just leaving the game on in the background just to hear the, the ambience play. I think, yeah. That's gorgeous. Did you go out and record those yourself? No, no. We we've, we found those from other people on online. I didn't do much sound recording myself. I, yeah, not a sound designer. You, but You recorded a cat? Yeah, yeah, recorded uh, a cat, recorded some voices for dialogue, but yeah. most of the ambience and like uh, – sound effects design is like from uh free sounds on, on online and some that i yeah just sourced from people who go out and do recordings yeah right interesting um well what are your plans into the future are you is the can we expect webbed too we'll see we'll see <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'd both love to yeah uh, work on like a continuation of the game but we'll 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 see what we can do. Mm. How's the industry support over in Queensland? Were you able to um, both, you know, work full time on the game or or that kind of thing? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I, I worked full time. Nor worked. I worked part time for most of the project. Also yeah. working in a restaurant until like 
January this year. Uh, yeah, but that wasn't from local investment. We, I, I don't really think there's a lot of local industry support in Brisbane, but no, hopefully yeah. that's something that's uh, going to improve in the future. Maybe, yeah, maybe right. webbed and unpacking will give them the kick. It's <laughs> like, hey, there's things being made here that are small and you could support really easily. Yeah. Absolutely, of course, with unpacking as well. Is, is um, there like a, a film uh, Queensland it's, or it's Queensland? Screen Queensland. Screen but, Queensland, uh, yeah. They, they've done it's nothing in comparison with uh, Film Vic. Um, yeah. Film Vic, yeah. So. Well, you're a good uh, case for, for a bit of support. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Um, what are what are some other challenges uh, to making your own uh, your own independent game that um, people may not be aware of? Oh gosh, I honestly have no way of answering that. Like we we've, we've been learning as we go, um, so kind of everything's been a bit of a challenge. But also, I I don't know what what you would expect to be a challenge versus yeah. what is. It's it's challenging in general. Yeah. Well, like, all right. So with um, with the story in the game, so it sounds like uh, you you've actually got a quite a great love for Australian uh, flora and fauna. How do you um create like enemies for uh, like a a bowerbird like um, which quite beautiful but also quite uh scary in the in the in the game. I mean, we basically just started from the most cliche position. Like, mm-hmm. you need a goal in a game. Like, Mario's goal is rescue the princess. Rescue the princess who has been kidnapped by effectively a dragon. It's a really old, and the bowerbird is just a dragon. It's yeah. a, it's hoarding blue gems, and it's kidnapped your you go boyfriend. to its lair. Yeah, it's, it's the, the it's native stuff is a lot of dressing over the top. Yeah. Um, but also is shaped a few parts like the the processionary moths uh shaped it was shaped it, the the balloon in the, the 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 big airship you build is a processionary moths uh nest um so like there's a few things shaped by native creatures but not quite uh it, a lot of it could have just been dressing there's we could make the same story with uh, more uh, excuses. It, it definitely played into the the plot. Like we had the um, the ants that were that are fighting like a secret, not secret, but like an off screen battle against uh, fire ants who are a in, very invasive species around here. And like we wouldn't have had that somewhat mm. if if we weren't drawing inspiration from local wildlife. Yeah, it's beautiful. Well, beautiful. Um, how can people? Grab the game. How can they stay in touch? Do you have any plans for release on other platforms yet? Uh, yes, but uh, we haven't announced exactly what yet, but we, I'm sure Great. we will soon. Um, right now you can uh, get webbed on Steam or GOG or Humble, um, and you can follow Spud Games at Spud Games on Twitter. Awesome. Nice. Thanks so yeah. much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for that. Exactly. Good luck for the for the Agders. I hope you win Ooh. all of the prizes. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Mm. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Triple R. Um, we've come to the end of the episode. Uh, Maze and Lily, thanks so much for coming on the show. 
have we had fun? Yeah, sure have. <laughs> it's been, uh, I mean, I've had a lot of fun, um, but I'm looking forward to having even more fun once I finish this because I have a whole bunch of new games to go and play. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm uh, looking forward to some of the ones that we've uh, mentioned earlier. Of course, it's been Melbourne International Games Week. We uh, looked over a few of the um, the tracks, the Steam curation of Australian games, and uh, we spoke to um, the developers of Webbed Esbug Games about um, their new uh, spider-based platforming. And uh, your player's literally a spider, so better than Spider-Man. Um, and you swing around, uh, fling webs and, and the like. And, uh, yeah, um, spoke to the developers of that, which was um, very interesting. Um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show, guys. Triple R. Hi, this is Vanessa Taholka. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Bite Into It, a weekly radio show exploring tech news. Broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via Triple R's website or bite into its Twitter or Facebook accounts.